What's up, Lauren? How you doing? I am alive from Laguna Seca. Lauren is in her RV snuggling Rachel the raccoon, who I recently <laughs> found out has no balance, and I almost had a emotional breakdown watching that poor <laughs> not be able to walk. So, Rachel, I'm here has, for you. <laughs> she has a wheelchair. She's well taken care of. She looks quite um, snuggly. Yes, we're fostering her until we until we find a beautiful her. It's a whole lot of it's a whole lot of fun though. But she zips around in that wheelchair like nobody's business, man. It is quite like bumper cars when I see her. In it there, is. So. All right. <laughs> well, Laura and I are going to take on trying to give insights into the back half of the 35 insights from Bullhorn Engage 2022 Boston. We made it. We realized we only made it through 20 out of the 35. We thought he made it a little bit further. So. Let's kick off with number th number 21, Mark, and I'm going to say his last name when I even I know him well, News Farms Insight. He's the Chief Administrative Officer of SIG Consultants. And he said, there are people who are experts in everything. Don't assume your knowledge is transferable and that you know everything. Work to become that expert. Lauren, I will, I will let you have that <laughs> one. I don't think we're ever experts. I, I I mean, if you're doing it right, I think you're always in a state of continual learning. And and so I I never I never want to get to a point where I think I know everything because I well, I just think that's a bad mindset to be in. <laughs> so I think if you're always open to learning more and more and more, you just naturally become an expert. But I mean, the idea is that we don't remain stagnant. So the idea is that we have to continue to learn new practices. So I love this because, you know, th there are people who are experts in everything. And, and I just, I just don't, I, I don't agree with that assertion, right? Don't assume your knowledge is transferable. He's a hundred percent right. And he's and, talking and, about, and that means you have to be open. So I love this. And he's talking about diversifying your business, right? So, you know, I think what he, you know, even particularly directly to his quote, he's talking about like diving deeper and, and, and understanding like, Hey, there's other parts of the IT staff and you can dive into there's other, you know, there's always room to grow to your point and to learn and to I mean, be curious about how other people do, do their business. So. The first, the first article I, I ever wrote that sort of went viral was the thing I learned in business. I learned from goats and it's because goats, goats are endlessly curious. And I think I if you that. can operate, uh, operate like that, you're, you're in good company. Got it. All right. Number, what was this? 27. Elia, or no, 22. 22, Ben Carter. Ah, oh, one of my favorite brands. All right, for the first time, we've got multiple generations in the market. You need an omnichannel engagement strategy to meet them where they are. And I think you and I have said this from the beginning of time, you need to meet the candidate where they are at. And whether that's chat, whether it's text, whether it's desktop or email, we have to meet them where they are because that creates a great candidate experience. It also creates the stickiness that we're looking for in business. So Ben is spot on as usual. Well, I like to call him Bullhorn Ben. Bullhorn Ben, yes. Bullhorn Ben at some point in the next couple of months is going to get married. So big congrats, Bullhorn Ben, on the upcoming oh. nuptials. But yeah, he's, I mean, he's talking our language, you know, omni-channel is just a fancy word of saying digital marketing everywhere that your customers are. So Ben, we agree with you and great job selling connected recruiting at Engage with your quote. All right, I'll take the next one since he's my former coworker, Mr. Billy Davis or, or William the Kid Davis, if you want to call him Billy the Kid, like I like the or name. Or hash, hashtag build with Billy. 
Ooh, build with Billy. Yeah. So he's the product manager of automation and AI at Bullhorn. And God, I really love you. Focus on automating the tedious, no one likes data. And as a salesperson, <laughs> oh I don't like data entry and I love to automate the tedious. I was actually talking about this. You know, HubSpot has a, not to bring up something different, but HubSpot, like, you know, the emails record into the system when you send them, but they kind of come in like, in like the activity feed. So you can see it in the activity feed. Cause so that was at Fearfish, I used to use the activity. Like I used to use my recap email as my note host, and Jason used to yell, no, you need to actually put some notes in. And I was like, no, everything that I needed to remember is in that email. And so that's how I used to try to automate the tedious. It also works somewhat similar in Bullhorn because your emails do track, but you definitely need to put some notes in. What you got? Well done, Billy. Automation, you know, put your people where relationships are and put automation where repetition is. So repetition equals automation, relationships equals people. Love it. All right. Well, and now a future guest. So it's I'm you. so excited for him. I, our pre-converse, our, you know, our sort of prep conversation got me so excited to talk to Will Hayes, COO of IDR. And he says, as we started to scale and we wanted to do that quickly, we needed something that was able to keep up. He's talking about scaling with Bullhorn One. And he's 100% right. You have to have a foundational tool that is going to allow you to scale and grow. And being mindful of what your purchases are, the respective roadmap that that that, that tool is going to have is aligned with your roadmap is of the utmost importance. And so it's, it's, an, it's an imperative. That when you're, you know, doing your digital transformation homework, that you, you look at comparative products to ensure that they can scale and grow with you. Yep. I, I mean, I think the way that staff and call inflation, call whatever you want right now, but like the way that staffing companies are growing across the board and the amount of hiring going on, if you want to add a vertical, if you're just adding 10 recruiters or two recruiters, like your business could change dramatically with a, a different resource. So. Like, like what Mark said for previously, like if you go into a different expertise or different area, you're going to obviously need to be able to diversify the way that you do business. And whether that's keeping track of data or payroll, I'll be able to scale to do it. So all said. All right. Oh, I love this one. Okay. I will read it though. <laughs> it's Mandy <laughs> Resmondo, corporate VP of search and intern Q at Lundrum HR company. And she said. Uh, this is not creating transparency while integrating tech, which is probably something that Lauren knows a lot about as well as myself. Our team is very excited to move to a tool that was so intuitive and we brought them along during the process. So they knew where we were going or we were, where we were at and where we were going. And Lauren, I mean, this is what you do all day. So God, <laughs> this is what I do all day long. You know, this is what I do all day long. And, and, and part of the fear of change is fear of, of, of not knowing what's coming. And Mandy is, is a hundred percent spot on here. If you can, you know, even if it's just as simple as having a town hall to ask your recruiters and your salespeople, what's getting in your way? Ooh, the, cat Cole, the cat Cole methodology. Yeah. If you can just ask what's getting in your way, when you, when you inevitably make that decision to bring a tool in, people feel like they were a part of the decision. They feel like they're a part of the conversation. And if there's transparency along the way. And we have our, our, our lead consulting, you know, eight week methodology, methodology and preparation for an implementation. Cause we believe that the preparedness and communication that it takes to do a digital transformation, right. Is, is probably the most important thing you're going to do outside of 
you know, good, clean configuration, the preparing your team for the impending change, not the impending doom is paramount to the adoption of the tool and the adoption is going to give you the ROI. And I think it also gives you time to, you know, mentally preparing for change is a good thing. And having eight weeks sounds like a pretty good time frame. And also just showing them the logo, maybe a little bit of hints and videos. Like there's no wrong, oh there's, gosh. there's no, I, 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 I mean, this is a bold thing, but like, there's almost like no wrong way to prepare someone for change. Like letting them know that it's coming in bits and pieces is half the battle. So like, as long as you're communicating that this is happening and the why and how it's going to happen, like, I think you're really ahead of the game. You're probably setting yourself up for more success. So. If you give them when, why, and with them, so when it's happening, why it's happening, what's in it for them? There's your three W's. She loves her three dubs. I do, I do, I do. The three dubs, you're way ahead of your competition. I thought that was a wild wing with. All right, <laughs> you're next. All right, fostering familiarity with digital solutions. Kyle Ketchum, I attended his session. It was amazing. He's from Alco, who I've had the distinct honor of working with that this is an amazing group of people. He says, we had people who were implementing the tool, be the people who would use it every day. So once we went live, they were already familiar with it. And he and Mandy are, are on the same page here, right? This inclusiveness, this inclusivity that we want to create and having some subject matter experts, you know, when you announce change, you very, very easily can see Who's excited? Who's not? Those people that are excited about that change, those can be your early evangelists. Those can be your power users that can help you implement this, help you configure it appropriately. You know, I'm not saying put it out to jury because that will slow down an implementation. What I am saying is getting key end users, meaning field individuals involved in the process, can fundamentally change the, the level of acceptance of a technology transformation. Yeah. And I, so I have a couple of caveats. That I, I don't disagree with you. I'm just going to put some, some there's or, yeah, num raw number, flavor on it. Number one, we've run into <laughs> multiple times salespeople being like the sole contact for implementation, which turns into yeah. a absolute mirror because yes. they're awful at working on the business. They just want to work in the business and they don't, they're not, they maybe, maybe they've never even been in a leadership position. So they don't understand what it means to work on the business. But someone's coming up, Vinny DeVoe from Signature Consultants will be who has a quote down, down the line a little bit here, always preached as we were doing the, uh, when we were selling in Purefish was like, Hey, I got to get Purefish and text us and this workflow in front of my power user. And I think that's what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, hundred percent. So I, like, I just wanted to throw the caveat, like if you're listening to this and you think you can just tell your salespeople as a leader, you can just tell your salespeople who have never done software implementation that they should run a project and it'll be a piece of software. I'm here to tell you for the love of God, don't, and I will charge you three times extra for invitation and subscription to make me deal with your salespeople instead of someone who's actually skilled at this. So hire Lauren to help you or get somebody on staff, but do not make me work with the salesperson only, or I will make you pay a lot of work. That's it. That's my yeah. rant. All right. Oh, there you go. I love it. That's a fair okay. rant. All right. Go ahead. Is. is this me or you? On, re on, on retaining values in a rapidly transforming industry, Peter Linus. Chief People Officer and EV Apple Warren says, as much as we automate and build tech stacks, this is still a relationship business at heart. And I think, you know, you and I've sung that song for, for forever that we have to maintain the humanity of, of the experience of looking for a job, remembering that looking for a job 
is essentially seeking out strangers for acceptance. It's overwhelming. It's scary. And, you know, be mind, and, and that's why we use the terminology mindful implementation of technology, because being mindful that this is still a very human business that requires a ton of empathy and thoughtfulness in how you treat the candidate and how you treat the client when they come in. And, and so, you know, I, I, I always try and think about what would I want the experience to be if it were me? Oftentimes, we're, I'd say uh, 100% of the time when we're working with customers, we'll go through their hiring process. We'll go on as a candidate. Well, I think you, I think you say this a lot. It's like, don't, don't throw new, t don't buy a shiny object to solve something that you might already or in a different tool. But to me, and, and, and this is something that we actually have been discussing as the podcast is I think what he's saying is technology is meant to amplify and optimize the way that things happen. <laughs> yeah. It's enablement. It's speed. Yeah. It's superpowers. It's, 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 so it's, it's not, giving, it's, it's not, not a replacement. Yeah. There's no replacing the human piece of what we do. It's what's what the industry is, which was like, you know, we were, we were on the, we were, we're really excited about some future stuff we have going on, but we were talking about like how we introduced the podcast, the only experience podcast. And, you know, it's, it's the intersection or it's the way that people and technology work to create better outcomes for both your internal staff, as well as your candidates and clients. And I like to put the internal staff first because they're always, in my mind, they're your first customer, right? As a leader or as a business owner, you're serving the recruiters and the sales people who work on your team. And then they're serving your clients and your, your candidates that you work with. So, and your consultants that you place. So I, I, I always think that really what this is saying is like, it's really, I mean, he's describing our podcast, right? Like that's what we try to do every day and talk about. So thank you, Pete, for, for that wonderful. And he's also a fabulous British person to interact with, by the way. All right. We, we appreciate him. All right. I, I'm going here. What makes, okay. all right. So this one's on Eminem, which is one of our always favorite topics. And this is David Schwartz, Senior Managing Director of Blackstone. Diversification is important. Geography, industry, diversity in your employees. It provides resiliency through ups and downs and helps with valuation. So Lauren, this is a, this is an M&A conversation. I would say from all of the groups that I observed in our industry that are active with M&A, you know, it's, it's pretty spot on. And you can think about the way that a lot of smaller firms who are rapidly growing are diversifying their verticals. Like in this case right now, we have a huge push over the last five years for travelers because it's, it's a great kind of recession-proof business and locums could be the same, anything healthcare related, right? Possibly is a great recession-proof business, but I think that's what really what David's kind of like speaking to here in terms of, and then geography is also important, but I think work from home and remote kind of got geography maybe out of the equation a little bit more than it used to be because geographically speaking, unless you're serving businesses directly in your locale, but you don't necessarily have to do it anymore because of the work from, work from home remote the world that we're in. Yeah, I, I could see geography being important, but also not being as important as maybe diversity of your employees as well as your verticals. Your it, uh, back in, oh God, the very beginning of my career, Robert Emmett McDonough, who was the founder of, of Remedy, he used to call it the house that Remedy built. And it was diversification um, through the fundamentals of building your business, right? Don't put all your eggs in an, in you know, two enterprise clients, make sure that you've got, you know, the, the roof is your enterprise and MSPs and VMSs and the, 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 the you know, ceiling is going to be those large accounts. The walls is going to be the mid-sized accounts, but the foundation of your house are the retail accounts. So if you think about 
diversification of vertical size and diversity of people and think about building a house with uh, all a, a, a mix of different things it kind of it, it, it put everything in perspective for me so uh, i love the the house that remedy built you use it <laughs> i like it all right on staffing's appeal to investors oh my goodness gregory netland executive board member and advisor the netland group the staffing industry has proven that it is resilient during covid Firms were able to scale down, leverage their tools, and then scale back up as needed. A preach, first of all. Second of all, you know, we heard this reiterated in the conversation with Stonepoint at, at Engage, the, the the PE firm that, you know, owns you know, Fullhorn, Beeline, a few others. And, and there's significant interest in the human capital industry. In both traditional TA and in staffing and recruiting, there's been significant growth, you know, $14 billion worth of HR tech investment interests. And it is because A, we're solving, pro I think we're really good problem solvers in our industry. And I think that the things that we solve for sort of trickle and matriculate outside of our industry. And, and I think that's why the interest is here. We're creative, we're agile, and we're diverse. And, and I think that's why there's so much appeal. And I think, you know, even, and this is something not related to investing or M&A, but it's like, for everyone who just read this quote and you say, okay, scale down, leverage your tools to create greater amplification of their individual recruiters. Make one recruiter act like 10 or 10 recruiters act like a hundred and then scale on top of that. And I think that, and again, I agree with everything you said. I think this is an incredibly resilient business. I think maybe the a sticking point here is that people are your business. Right. You might yeah. have an incredible bit of yeah. software that you can sell, or you have incredible knowledge of delivering software, which is where you kind of, you know, your, your specialty is, but it's the people. It's always going to be the mm -hmm. people until they can automate away. Even if they automate away truck driving, trucks, you know, automation is not going to drive the last mile. So you're always going to need a human being. You know, you're always going to want someone to think through a process at some point. Right. And so people, like we like to say, over everything. There you go. All right. What to expect when selling your business? Ooh, so we're on the M&A part of this. I love it. That's why Pete had this, had like started this section, by the way, because Pete is the head of M&A for, uh, for Bullhorn over there. So on what to expect when selling your business from Dustin Abs, I think I'm saying that correct. Apologies. If not, Director of Corporate Development from the Planet Group, who is a very active M&A business. Have your financials in order, be able to tell your story and why you're a good investment and shout out to Planet for being an incredible partner when they do acquiring work and take over, you know, take over, start working with new businesses, heard nothing but great things from everyone that they've worked with. So shout out to Planet Group. And I mean, I, this, this is just any business, like when you're asking for funding, when you're asking to do a raise, when you're going to the, anywhere, the easier it is for someone to look at your math and your, and your numbers and your balance sheet, p &L, and the easier it is for you to tell a story about why that data is relevant. Cause again, you can make data do anything. You can tell a story around data by showing pieces of it. But if you want to be a great partner and a great investment or, you know, acquisition, be honest, tell a story about, tell the story of data points that matter and uh, have your house in order. Agreed. All right. I don't have any, I don't, I don't have anything to add to that one. I mean, yeah, have your I, finances in order. I mean, it's, it's pretty straightforward. I mean, I, Unless I always do that. Like, so I have to like, just took that MBA quantitative class. So I'm you know, studying P and L's and balance sheets. So go ahead. Uh, on lessons learned from previous m a deals i always love this we'll look back right brian waller chief executive officer and co-founder of vaco 
we're in a business where culture matters. So transparency and communication throughout the M&A process on both sides is, is essential. For, it, it, it's, it is an essential, but it, it's, it can be really overwhelming to go through having been through, you know, being acquired and doing the acquiring transparency and communication, because so much is unknown, particularly with the human capital that's involved and, and good communication. I've been through a really good acquisition and a really bad acquisition. And the really bad one was where there was just so much fear because there was no communication and no transparency. And that is a really stifling place to be. Sounds very not fun. I think, I mean, I think he was just kind of reiterating like what I was just saying, right? Like if you, if you're transparent and you have the right conversations and, and then also just like implementing new software, you have to, so a lot of the themes are very similar, right? Where it's all mm -hmm. be transparent, you know, tell them what's happening, tell them why it's happening. Yeah. And you're usually in a much better, better spot. All right. We're going back to automation. Ooh, this is exciting. I love and it. there he is, and there's Vinny. Mr. There Vincent DeVoe, Director of Business Applications at Signature Consultants. You can get tools that automate the process, but if you don't have, oh, sorry, you can get the tools that automate the process, but if you don't have the process in place, it can backfire. Okay. <laughs> Pretty loaded statement, Vinny. Thank you for that, sir. Uh, GYST, which, you know, get your like together. We say this a lot, I think, is if you have to understand how you use Bullhorn, how you work with Chemnit through the process, whether that's adding them to Bullhorn, whether that's how you interact with them while they're in the funnel, when they're in the submission process to be placed, when they're placed and how they're, and, and then if you do, you know, temporary work or consultant work, what it means to work with you as a consultant. And then do the same process with your clients and you GYST, you've gotten your software. And I think number one, Signature is fantastic at this. They are very clear, Vinny, had a binder of their sales process when I interacted with him. It was kind of funny to watch how like in-depth and how like plotted out even their sales process was, but they really had their stuff together and they could really, and because of that, they could automate off of it. Mm -hmm. it, it look, I, I tell this to, to, to every customer we engage with. If no, first off, I don't love automation coming right out of the gate. I want to, I want to do the manual exercise first so that people understand what we're automating and they can understand because automation isn't perfect if it breaks it's really nice to know what the manual process is first and foremost secondly if it's a broken process to begin with and you apply automation it's just going to be broken faster so while i'm all about efficiency <laughs> that's probably not the direction we wanted to head down i would like to call out the the, the maybe the benefit long-term for the organization of just breaking everything really quickly so that they know that it's really effed up <laughs> there you go. <laughs> the silver lining of breaking because your data is crap. And speaking of data, this one's for you. Rachel Tiggs, CMO, yeah, from Solomon Page, says data health is very important. It's the foundation of, of the success of automation. You got it. Garbage in, garbage out. Do we say that every day? We should probably start a <laughs> podcast with all of our late phrases that could be trained at some point. Anyway, yeah, yeah. At the bare minimum, and this is kind of in line with what Vinny said, and they actually have the same panel, by the way. So this is where this is coming from. I actually hosted this panel. So I sat, I was, I was there engaging with it. What, what I found, what I found fascinating is we've been preaching this. So I worked at Beer Fisher 2019 for anyone who didn't know before the acquisition. Before that, I trained on HubSpot to do marketing automation for a previous staffing firm. 
that had way too many software systems, but that's a different conversation. And from the beginning, you understand like, hey, this is what matters. This is what needs to be correct and structure data and, and make sure that those things are correct. Otherwise, let's not automate yet. And we got to go back to the GYST conversation, which I'm just going to keep using because I really want to curse. I'm not trying not to. And, and yeah, I, I think data health, and this is something that Kylo is actually like capitalizing on because we know that everyone wants to automate, but people have terrible data. So we built a whole suite of tools that are no code to do this. So shameless plug. But anyway, moving on. All right. So, so TJ McGoldrick from our vice president of delivery at the Bear Group, awesome automation. So these are like the last, this is the panel that I hosted. We look at three things to make our recruiters comfortable with automation. First, automation improves data health, uh, a la Rachel. Second, automation is an enhancement, not a replacement, which is what somebody previously said. Automation is a safety measure for when the recruiter is unable to get asked. I love that. So they, I'll, we'll focus there because we talked about the other for the first two. It, it made it a hundred percent. It, whether it like, so right now, again, Kylo uses bullhorn. So when I get a deal, a, a lot of the time, so when, I, so when I close a deal, like I close one, a deal a week later, cause for some reason, the phone number from the email doesn't pull in, but all the rest of the data does, I have to go in and enter a phone number. So I get, I get a reminder from born automation that says, Hey Rob, you close this deal. Congrats. Add the phone number and add this other data field missing, which is great for data health, but I could also say, Hey Rob. You submitted this person three weeks ago. The status hasn't changed. Go figure out what happened or change it, like close it. So close the loop. So I think there's a ton of, you know, he, he summed it up really well. So thanks TJ for making our life easy on automation. Yeah, I, I, I got it all right here. I, I, I have, I, I love that this is a, a safety measure, right? And, and that's part of the foundation of knowing what you're automating and having really good process be, because this is an, ena an enablement tool, not a replacement tool. All right. All right, Martin Lopez, project manager, Triple Crown. You need to make sure that the recruiters understand what you are doing and how it's going to make their lives easier at the end of the day. I said it earlier, the WIFM. We need to start with a when change is happening, why it's happening, and what's in it for them. And not just change, but anything. With them, with them is the ultimate way to tap into to to interest. All right, I don't have really anything to to say to that besides for the fact <laughs> that shout out to Martin and Triple Crown. Uh, we had their co-founder on on their CEO Dave Thanks. Smith. Yeah. It was fantastic. Awesome. And they have a really interesting process. If you listen to that episode, I would go check it out if you're a staffing owner because they, they don't promote. They have, new a, roles. they have a great origin story. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a fantastic business model for building community around your recruiters and sales folks. Anyway, all right, let's wrap it up. And I, I love this. This is a great wrap-up moment, even for the blog. I'm delivering the ultimate talent experience. Is it, is it Dina Campbell? Uh-huh. Okay. Mm -hmm. SVP of Systems and Strategy at Vaco. Cabinet experience came up again, again, and again as a priority. Our culture is important and we have to deliver for our candidates. And that ties together really what we talk about. And I'll go back and I'll say this again, use technology, whether it's automation or your ATS or your tech stack or whatever, to make your lives of your recruiters and self more efficient, deliver them a great experience. And then because your culture is so strong and your ability to utilize technology with great people is strong. 
your candidates and your clients have nothing but that fantastic experience. And I definitely took it, I definitely, that definitely went over my head when I joined Weatherby and their commitment and CHG brands to their, to the culture. But now that I've been in the industry since 2013, shout out to CHG, Weatherby Healthcare and all those brands for driving that into my soul from day one of being in staffing. <laughs> they really did. It was fantastic. I, I cannot say enough how great the culture was and also how great working there and their commitment was. So. Well, Dina wrapped this up in a beautiful little bow for us because this is called the You Only Experience podcast. Hey. And, and candidate experience, customer experience, this is why we do what we do. We want to help you as end users, as business owners, as executives, leaders, thought leaders, whatever role you have in our industry. Now, our goal is to help educate, inform, uh, excite, uh, maybe make you laugh along the way, but experience is everything. And I think that everything that we've got, you, know, you, know, you said something funny earlier. You're like, I was engaging and engaged, but this, this engage, engage. If you have never gone, I don't know. It's such a cool experience. It's there's connectedness, there's community. There's all of the things that we talk about and are important to experience at, at the, at this, this particular conference. So I, I couldn't be more tickled with, you know, these 35 insights, but the fact that this is the one that we're landing on at the end of the year on the experience podcast covering engage, well, it's pretty serendipitous, but it's pretty spot on. And if you, and the out hundreds, anything about our themes for the year, which was like digital transformation, automation, and M&A, that's all the topics that were hit at engage. So and community and building communities, which obviously yep. is what arts keynote was about. So LJ, we made it. I think we actually did this under 20 minutes or so. So shout out to us for nailing the demo, <laughs> nailing the demo in under 20 minutes. And yeah, guys, obviously let us know what you think, any thoughts about any of those topics. We appreciate it. And also we will link the blog again to this episode. And we started at about number 21. So thank you so much, Al. Thanks, Rob. Thank you, Rachel, as well. And bye, guys. <laughs> She's scooting along. So, signing off, this is Rob. And I'm Lauren. Now go do something good. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs>